Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. It's Pastor Julie Lewis at Asbury in Smyrna, and we are reading from the Gospel of Luke this morning, Luke 24, verses 44 to 53. Then Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. The word of God for the people of God. May 13th was Ascension Day. Jesus is taken up into heaven 40 days after the resurrection, or what we call Easter morning. Our Apostles' Creed reminds us that we believe on the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And it goes on to say he will come again to judge the living and the dead. As people of faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior, the Messiah, These are important statements of our faith. We often speak about God's grace given to us in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and that certainly is the truth. However, we tend to downplay or gloss over the ongoing grace poured out on our lives that comes through his ascension. Although the birth of Jesus coming to us, God coming to us in the flesh, is a monumental moment, it is only one part of God's entire plan of salvation. Every act of God seen in Jesus is an important piece of God's ongoing story of redemption, and his ascension is no less important than his life, death, and resurrection. As a matter of fact, I believe that coupled with Pentecost next week as we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit, Jesus' ascension is the act that holds the most influence and impact for us as believers today. So what are the implications of Jesus' ascension? Christ being lifted up into heaven in front of his apostles. And how is that important to us today? Well, first, let's look at the passages about his ascension. There's really not a lot written about it. It almost seems like a side note. Matthew and John don't mention it at all. Mark only mentions it if you read the long ending that was supposedly added on much later after the original was written. And it says, So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and proclaimed the good news everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by the signs that accompanied it. 
Luke's account we read just a minute ago, but Luke is also the writer of Acts, which tells the Ascension story again in more detail. In Acts 1, 6 through 11, we read, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. There's lots of imagery in this description, and I don't know about you, but it's easy to get a picture of Superman with one arm raised to the sky, just lifting off the earth and disappearing from sight. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Jesus ascending to heaven. But this is an important moment, one that fulfills scripture. Luke has been sure to talk about all throughout his gospel. In Luke's account, Jesus is seen explaining over and over how through the writings of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, every little detail of God's plan of redemption and salvation is written about and fulfilled in him. He explains it to the pilgrims on the way to Emmaus and to the disciples in his appearances after the resurrection. And if you look back, he talks about those scriptures all through his ministry. This is God's plan. He's been telling it to you all along. See me, hear me, touch me, and know that I am the Messiah, the one foretold by scripture. Watch as you see the evidence of the truth. Know that I am the fulfillment of God's plan, God's promise of redemption and eternal life. And because you can see that everything God has promised has happened just like he said it would, you can have assurance that the future will unfold in the same way, just as God has promised. Without the ascension, we could not have that assurance at all. This one moment in time in the history of our salvation holds the key to our future as it boldly proclaims the truth of our past, that God's plans remain true and that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of those plans, past, present, and future. But why is the truth about the ascension key to our life of faith today? Why does it matter for you and for me, for our brothers and sisters around the world who believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah? You see, all along, Jesus told the disciples everything that was written about him in the scriptures and giving them clues about what would happen. You are witnesses of these things, he says. But technically... They didn't witness those other key events. No one was there at his birth. They did walk with him for three years, but they didn't even witness his baptism. Only John the Baptist and his followers were there. They witnessed some of his miracles, but they did not see him crucified or buried or resurrected. 
They went, Jesus has opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and they do. But they didn't actually see those events in person. So how are they witnesses? Well, because he is standing before them now. The culmination of all the prophecies and the proof of God's faithfulness in carrying out his plan. It is important to the future of God's plan that they understand this truth here and now so they can continue his work throughout the world when he is physically no longer with them. When Jesus began his ministry, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the same message he calls his disciples to spread throughout the earth, beginning in Jerusalem. A message of repentance and forgiveness of sins proclaimed in the name of Jesus Christ. As he prepares to leave them, he gives them what they need to continue that work. God's plan of salvation and redemption for the world is an ongoing story that began with Jesus and continues with his disciples, moving forward through time, including all of his followers, including you and including me. As he comes to the day of ascension, the disciples must be prepared to continue that work without him there in the flesh. He has supplied everything they need so far. Instructions, an example to follow, and all they need to fully believe the truth about who he is and why he came. Now he is going to give them the final resources they will need to continue his work, becoming the means God will use to fulfill his promise of a glorious future for the world. Well, the first thing he does is solidify their faith by making them true witnesses. They may not have physically seen all those other events in the salvation story, like his birth, his death, his resurrection, they have certainly come to believe that all that is true, but they haven't really been witnesses. So after opening up the scriptures, once again, he lets them see his ascension. They are there. They see him lifted up into heaven. The final proof that he indeed is the Messiah foretold in scripture. Finally, they are truly witnesses in every sense of the word. And because they are witnesses, we have come to believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. But the second thing is even more important than the first. Matthew does not talk about the ascension, but he does give us the Great Commission, our ongoing mission in the church. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. In our passage today, Jesus tells them to proclaim the message of repentance and the forgiveness of sins in his name. This is the message of salvation. Repent and receive the forgiveness given to us in the name of Jesus. This is the message that will change hearts, change the world, and bring God's kingdom on earth. 
This is the message that brings salvation, new life, and restores creation to what God intended. This is the message that points us in the direction of that new Jerusalem, the second coming of Christ that ushers in a world where there is no more suffering, no more pain, and no more death. And we needed Christ to ascend to heaven in order to have what we need to fulfill that mission. He tells them and us in John 16, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because they do not believe in me. About righteousness because I am going to the Father and you will see me no longer. About judgment because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Although Jesus ascends into heaven, he remains with us always through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit gives us power, connects us to God and to one another as we continue the work of Christ in the world. We are the church, the body and the bride of Christ. Jesus returns to heaven to sit at the right hand of God the Father. It is because he leaves his earthly existence that we are able to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which will be crucial to our life of faith until Christ comes again. It is because he now sits in heaven that we have an intercessor, one who makes us righteous and holy before God. Think about it. There is a battle being raged in this world, a battle for the souls of every human being. In our baptism, we are given the Holy Spirit that marks us as God's children, gives us the power to resist evil, that through the work of Christ on the cross takes away our sins, and through the resurrection gives us eternal life. As we become God's children, Jesus' hands and feet in the world, we are fighting against the ruler of this world, as we spread the good news of salvation, as we witness to that salvation in our own lives through the power of the Holy Spirit, which is Christ's presence living in us. Without the ascension, we would not have access to this power. Without the ascension, we would not have Christ in heaven interceding for us each and every moment, sitting at the right hand of God on our behalf, giving us salvation. Without the ascension, we would not have become part of God's salvation plan for the world. See, before we know Jesus, our lives are essentially meaningless, just living day to day trying to make sense out of why we are here. Before we repent and put our faith in Jesus, sin is the ruler of our lives. We're living for ourselves, not a part of anything at all. Repentance is the first step in becoming who we were created to be. 
Living a life that is full of meaning and hope and joy and peace. Repentance is really just turning away from sin and turning to the life God has desired for us from the start. When we repent, we make an intentional decision to believe all that the scriptures have said about Jesus, about God's plan of salvation for the world. Then we take our place in that story. We receive our mission to share the message of repentance and forgiveness of sins with all people. We take the side of truth. We claim the promises of God in the past have been fulfilled and point to the truth that God's promises of a glorious future and eternal life are being fulfilled in us. We willingly become part of that plan, take our place in the kingdom of God that is already here, but not yet here in full. This gives us hope, and the Spirit gives us power to overcome in the battle for our souls and the soul of the world that we live in. So when we feel that we're losing the battle, when we feel discouraged by the circumstances and situations we find ourselves in, when we look around and think that evil is winning the day, that the church will die, that no one will have faith, and that beautiful future is something we will never see, we can look up and picture our Lord and Savior, the one who lived, died, and was raised from the dead, the one who ascended into heaven and now sits at the right hand of God the Father then we can know that God's promises are true. No matter what we see with our eyes or hear with our ears, Jesus lives in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, and his promise of the future is certain and sure. So take your place in God's salvation plan. We belong to him. The battle is already won. And we have the power of Christ living within us. So go and share that good news. This is our mission. As we tell the world about Jesus, that future gets a little closer each time. Look up to heaven and then see that future right here in your heart. We belong to Christ. Let us be filled with great joy and like the disciples continually bless God with our lives as we embrace our mission to share the good news of Jesus Christ, knowing that we belong to him and that he is with us always and that he will come again and make the world right. Amen. <laughs>